Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome, you guys, to episode number 15 of Grow Bud Yourself, brought to you this week by Excelsior Extracts. We have a great show for you guys. We have Big Buddha, Milo from Big Buddha Seeds, coming on to the show. Uh, as always, tons of cultivation stuff, strain of the Fortnite, beginner grower shopping list. Stick around for episode 15. All right, welcome back. It's Danny and Mike here for your listening pleasure. And as always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for that listening pleasure. <laughs> the music. So much oral pleasure. <laughs> yourself. You're saying oral like A-U-R. It, yeah, exactly, yes. that one. Okay. Yeah. The other one would be weird for right. me to say. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> People are going stir crazy, you guys. <laughs> Isolation has has done its job uh everyone's weird now but anyway uh we are back this is episode 15 and we got a great show and this is the intro where we talk about uh you know stuff Things. we want to talk about yeah stuff that's yeah. in the news mm-hmm. recommendations that kind of thing just shoot the shit yeah, you know exactly. I mean? So why don't we shoot this shit? There's been some interesting like news things I would say that have happened because yeah. we we spoke. I guess it was last week with uh, Paul Armentano from uh, Normal, correct? And uh, you know he got in a bit to the whole democratic plan for uh, legalization, and they rejected uh, cannabis legalization from their platform. But then this week in the news we have Mitch McConnell. Who is it was even worse for cannabis legalization, but he he got all over Nancy Pelosi about uh about cannabis being included in the uh, COVID relief bill, right? Right. It was the banking part of it, so that cannabis companies can can put their money in a bank, which you know, especially now that cannabis is so popular and they're you know making record amounts of money, they need places to put that money, and you know places are getting robbed and people are having to you know higher security to guard their cash it's 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 untenable and think something has to change i mean i i understand that cannabis is still illegal federally but it is absurd that banks are not allowed to work with cannabis businesses it's just absurd and it has to change absolutely and so they tried to you know put that into the covid bill uh and you know mitch mcconnell was like it's not the time for pot and uh, I think it is the time for pot. <laughs> well, he, Nancy okay, Pelosi's so right. Pelosi, what she said was that marijuana is a therapy that's proven successful as a defense for including it in uh, in this bill. But McConnell is framing that like she said that marijuana is a successful therapy for coronavirus, which isn't necessarily what she said. But that's what he, he got on her for, basically saying, uh, uh, snarking it up saying that uh, I hope she shares her breakthrough with Dr. Fauci. Yeah, I mean, that's like dry snitching anyways, because, <laughs> you know, uh, I honestly, yeah, it's crazy. I think, uh, you know, he's twisting her words, and the truth is that cannabis might help. You know, I mean, obviously CBD um, helps your immune system. You know, uh, full full plant medicine can boost your immunity uh, you know, and help you. And, you know, it helps us mentally too, just to handle the stress and the trauma of going through all of this. So even just that basic thing alone, um, is worthwhile. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like I said, I know how I'm going to vote. Uh, and you know, some of that has to do with cannabis and some of that has to do with just sanity. And yeah, it's, it's crazy that they, you know, that they're attacking pot because, you know, even a majority of Republicans favor cannabis legalization. We're not talking about a partisan issue. This isn't, you know, like, you know, health care for everyone, <laughs> which shouldn't be a partisan issue, but is. Um, but this, everyone's agreed on this. You know, we talked about that with Paul uh, and with Dr. Mitch. 
the majority of people across all political spectrums support marijuana legalization. So uh, it's ridiculous that, you know, they're getting into these fights over it. And I think, you know, like you said, uh, the banking situation needs to be solved. Yeah, but but McConnell accused Pelosi of holding up the entire coronavirus um, relief package over her insistence on having cannabis included in it. Well, he's the one that's holding it up. Just include the cannabis provision. Let banks work with pot. It just, it, I can't, I'm going to, I'm going to stop. Anyway, let's move on to something that's a little yeah. less uh, controversial or political, uh, but it, still, it comes from Politico. Uh, and, and their story is that uh, the, the pandemic is, quote, eating away at the illicit marijuana market. And uh, the idea here is that coronavirus has helped the legal cannabis industry because, first of all, people, I guess, are smoking more cannabis. They're buying more pot and uh, legal sales have uh, increased during the pandemic. And and I guess they're they're positing that the reasons are people are uh, afraid of perhaps inhaling uh, products that haven't been tested that may be less safe than, you know, from a, a legal store. And also they don't want to let people into their homes like their their dealers. So uh, the legal industry is expanding during this and even some cities that maybe had banned uh, dispensaries in 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 better times are now seeking uh, any means to raise money through taxes. So they're reconsidering allowing um, pot shops in their towns. So according to New Frontier data, uh, revenues are expected to hit $17 billion this year in the legal industry. So that's 25% higher than it was last year. So very impressive. But of course, the idea that the the illegal market is disappearing is kind of comical because uh, New Frontier also estimates that the illegal market uh, will hit $63 billion this year. So <laughs> still much, much higher. Yeah. I mean, and we've, we've all, we talked about this before as well. I mean, obviously in the pandemic, that's going to be, a, there's going to be an asterisk uh, next to the, you know, uh, sales figures because of the pandemic, because everything is through the roof. Um, but that also includes the traditional market or the illegal market as well. And I mean, just anecdotally, I can say that, you know, the prices from around the country and I think around the world have gone up on that market as in, you know, as well, uh, substantially in the last, you know, let's say even before the pandemic, I would say just because, um, you know, of different reasons, uh, the quality sometimes is better. The, um, there's shortages sometimes um, that need to be, you know, filled, <laughs> you know, to uh, supply that needs to, you know, demand that needs to be supplied. Um, and so, you know, it's very hard to measure that, uh, you know, what the, the rate is in, in the underground. But I think it's higher on both ends. I think more people are consuming legal marijuana and I think more people are consuming illegal marijuana or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> you know. And, you know, you could see that, you know, they also mentioned that there's different states that just went wreck, like Illinois, uh, Michigan, you know, and things like that, where where that's also bumping up those statistics as well. Um, and then you look at a place like Oklahoma, uh, even the Republican lawmakers in Oklahoma are looking at uh, legalizing recreational sales just by seeing what's happening with the medical sales. Uh, it's really becoming kind of like a, a new frontier down there, you know, in a, in a crazy way. I never would have thought that about Oklahoma. And yet here we are, you know, mm -hmm. they made a very, uh, loose law where a lot of people could get into the industry. And I think that's a good thing because then, you know, that's going to allow you the most opportunities and choices. And then, you know, if people provide quality, they're going to have a consistent, uh, you know, sales base, um, for sure. And, you know, as the country uh, kind of moves slowly, of course, in the direction of full legalization, um, I, I, I do want to just hit this this quote from Chris Crane, our old friend Chris Crane. Yeah. Right. Um, Chris. He's, he's currently the CEO of Forefront Ventures, so he's, he's got dispensaries in a number of states, but I think he puts this very succinctly. So uh, he writes, or he, he says to Politico, 
Uh, alcohol prohibition was largely ended as a result of the Great Depression as the country was in desperate need of new sources of revenue. Uh, so it went from something that was seen as politically impossible to a political necessity in a very short amount of time. I think we're seeing a similar situation here. So you would agree with that, right? A hundred percent. I think that's a great quote. And I think it's, uh, you know, part of, you know, Chris, part of Chris's, uh, you know, uh, expertise is that he was an activist before getting into you know the business of cannabis and I think that really uh, informs a lot of his uh, decisions and a lot of his understanding and he gets that you know that's how alcohol prohibition ended uh, people just got sick of losing money to uh, you know bootleggers and to uh, crime families and, and organized crime and having none of that revenue go back to the people. And very quickly after that, um, you know, that amendment was passed and, and, and alcohol prohibition ended. Um, and yet we still have dry counties in certain places where there's no alcohol sales at all. You know, so there will be places that opt out of cannabis and that's fine. Those just won't be the places I go and those will be boring, lame places with no fun. So, you know, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, we'll have our parties and they'll have theirs. And, and ours will be better. Ours will be better. And, you know, we'll have Chris Crane and uh, Big Buddha <laughs> yeah. at our parties. And you guys can have and they Mitch. can have Mitch McConnell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So maybe we got one more here we wanted to get to. And uh, we don't have a ton of time. So maybe we'll, we'll go over this one in greater detail with, uh, with Dr. Mitch in a future uh, episode, but I know you wanted to say a few words on this. So, um, uh, CNN uh, is reporting that weed is not good for your heart, according to studies. Uh, so, basically, the idea here is that suddenly cannabis is is bad for your heart and also your lungs and blood vessels. And uh, this is coming from uh, the American Heart Association. And uh, there, there's a couple of of doctors and uh, professors that are uh, cited here this is what they're 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 pinning this whole theory to is that uh, cannabis has the potential to interfere with prescribed medication and also it could uh, trigger cardiovascular conditions or events such as heart attacks and strokes and that is according to uh, basically a uh, glorified pharmacist so what would you like to say about this <laughs> Uh, well, where do I begin? I mean, uh, I talk about it a lot. Like Jack Harris said, um, if you replace opioids, uh, alcohol, uh, tobacco, sugar, all of these things, uh, red meat in your life with cannabis, you will add a decade or more to your life and it'll be a better, uh, a life better lived. Now, all of those things are going to be far worse for your heart, by the way than cannabis, okay? Alcohol is it, 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 it really bad for your heart uh, and your liver and, and a lot of other organs. Um, it also causes a lot of violent, you know, incidents where people drink too much. Um, so alcohol is really like a huge culprit here. Um, nicotine, if you smoke cigarettes or dip or whatever, way worse for your heart, kills hundreds of thousands a year. Um, everybody knows that. Uh, but you know, then there's things like red meat, uh, sugar. Okay. Sugar causes diabetes and kills people and hurts your heart. Um, red meat, any meat really, you know, meat products are not good for your heart. Dairy products are not good for your heart. Um, so there's a lot of things that people do every day that is a lot worse for your heart than cannabis. <laughs> and, uh, what tiny little, you know, data that they pulled from this to make that really specious argument just insane. And I, you know, I think, you know, our news media has gotten to a level in some cases where, you know, they'll play both sides because they get clicks either way. And so on the one hand, you know, CNN will tout, you know, the latest study that says legalization you know, is great. And then they'll turn around because, you know, they have to show what they think is both sides. And then they'll have some, some garbage, uh, like marijuana is bad for your heart, you know, it's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous propaganda. That's cherry picking, 
um, statistics. That's bad journalism and bad science. And, uh, you know, keep, do not be ashamed of your cannabis use. That's right. It's like how cannabis is addictive, but less so than like caffeine or sugar or things like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous how, how, how many things people will do that are bad for their heart and then turn around and, and look at cannabis like it's bad for your heart. I mean, you would think that the propaganda would get better, but it, it, it doesn't. You know, they just keep right. fighting the same battles because they've got no, no argument to stand on. And yet it, it is still successful. It's pretty frustrating that it's still fooling people yeah, after all well, these we're years. talking about it mm-hmm. <laughs> rile them up well we got we got riled up but uh we're we're coming down from that now and that's a look at uh, some of what's going on in the news um but we should move on because we have a, a very special uh guest an old friend of ours coming up next yes absolutely milo from big buddha seeds longtime friend and uh compatriot in the cannabis world So we will be back with Milo from Big Buddha Seeds after these messages. All right, you guys. I just want to talk really briefly about a wonderful company called Excelsior Extracts. It's our friends, the original Outcast and T-O-H, uh, Excelsior is spelled E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R extracts. Uh, they have an amazing THC infused pain rub, a lot of incredible products, but the pain rub is the most effective topical I have ever used. It's because Outcast herself is a patient and she needs very, very strong, um, topicals. So she makes this THC infused pain rub that absolutely works and takes away the pain so uh give them a follow on instagram at excelsior extracts or you can email them directly at excelsior extracts at gmail.com all right so we are back and we have another very special guest this week uh he is a cannabis cup winner uh multiple times and a world-renowned, uh, you know, uh, breeder of cannabis and grower. Uh, so I'd like to welcome to the show Milo uh, from Big Buddha Seeds. Hey guys, how, how are you, Mike? Any? Uh, great to be on the show. Uh, well, yeah, calling from some sunny Birmingham, UK. Uh, <laughs> Birmingham, that's right. Yeah. Uh, the home of Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, yeah, Ozzy and, Osbourne. Uh, just and the Peaky the Blinders, right? Yeah, Peaky Blinders. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where that uh, that interesting accent comes from as well. Yeah, that's where the, <laughs> the pronun- pronounced a- accent uh, right. comes from. Yeah. Right. So, you know, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, you sort of, it, it's, it's almost 20 years now uh, since 2002 uh, when you started developing the Big Buddha cheese, yeah. which became sort of a, a signature strain for you. Uh, in the er, you know early to mid two thousands, uh, so tell me a little bit about uh, you know your your background growing up uh, in in England and uh, w- you know where your love of cannabis came from. Um, I I was obviously born and raised in, in Birmingham. Uh, I started smoking at an early age. Uh, at a time when it was just uh, what what you could get here on the streets was a uh, sort of like Afghani black, and uh, you know sort of like Mexican like shrag weed. Uh, that, that's it's something called soap bar as well. I've yeah, soap bar. There's a lot of that as well, and uh, that's when I started getting into it. And then um, eventually that led on to sort of dealing. And then eventually that led on to sort of growing weed. And then uh, I, I was growing weed for a few years. Um, used to read like sort of like High Times magazines and uh, another uh, edition called Weed World and uh, another magazine called Red Eye, uh, based in the UK. Um, you could basically just go into Tower Records and pick them up. So uh, when I was younger, I used to go into town and, and, and like, you know, avidly buy these magazines. And this is where I learned about things like, you know, uh, read about things like Ariane 
and like when he started winning the prizes with all his whites, White Widow and White Shark, and uh, at, at, at around these times, and then uh, later on, I, I with a little love and passion for the marijuana, I uh, I eventually got speaking to the editors of Red Eye magazine. Um, this is this guy called Nick, uh, who's also known as Zorro um, in, in our business. And he sort of mentioned to me, oh, I have a friend who has a, a cheese clone who grows the cheese. And, uh, you know, we thought, uh, uh, you know, because uh, the magazine was sort of uh, quarterly, you know, I'd go visit him every sort of two, three months. So a few months passed away. And then I went to visit him again, and uh, he had three clones for me, and uh, of, of of cheese, uh, which he got from the the Exodus family. And from then on, it's it's been just like a a, a huge journey. But uh, from from there, I I, I took it, and um, it was through I think it was one of these High Times articles where it was uh, interviewing Jorge Cervantes. And it's just like uh, the basics of breeding, and uh, and it's talking to me about sort of like was, I read about sort of back crossing, and like you know how to make you know back crosses of, of the generation, um, and so what I did was I selected a, a, a male uh, from seed from a a, 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 a neighbour of mine who used to work at the. At the garage, uh, garage next door to, to to my my parents' Chinese takeaway, they uh, he used to be like a famous uh, hash smuggler in the eighties, um, and then so this is where the Afghani seeds came from 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 there. Uh, I I need to select a, a male from there because I knew that it was like a pure Afghani, so I knew that uh, you know via the back crosses and stuff you can take that take out the male as much so when I'm selecting I'm selecting traits which are more similar to the cheese every time I, I, I back crossed and uh, this went on for about two three years and then um, that's that's when there was already like a a, a sample of cheese already which won the homegrown fantasies the cannabis cup uh, the, the 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 year before. That was maybe uh, 05 or 04? I think it was 05, yeah. 05, and they won a okay. third place, yeah. Right. And um, mm-hmm. and then uh, the year afterwards, uh, I, I I I turned up at the at the the, the 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 I think I think it was the Melbourne. I can't remember which venue it was. Uh-huh. We just had a little setup, a little desk. Had a little me and my partner. We had like a little say cheese, and uh. We, we were selling seeds and uh, I, I managed to bring over roughly around 150-200 grams of, of, uh, of good cheese with, with, with us as well. And then, uh, you know, I can remember sort of Jack Hero and Ed Rosenthal walking around and like, yeah, look at this guy, look at this guy, he's the one. And, you can, and I, can, I knew during that week was, uh, was going to be a special week because of the, the, the buzz that we generated from it. Uh, and then obviously the winning night was when uh, you was there because you was handing out the awards that night, and that was uh, a, a, an absolute life-changing moment, mate. It was uh, it was a time where I thought, oh my god, something that spanned from like a passion and love for the plant has really taken it to a point where you know I can you know I can sort of make the make be comfortable for the rest of my life, you you know, with this plant. And um, since then, it's just been a, an absolute roller coaster. Um, you know, uh, from then afterwards, uh, the, the the coffee shops started demanding it. Then it managed to get into the hands of like uh, big, big like you know gangs of people who were you know uh, copying it, making clones from it, like you know two thousand to twenty thousand clones a, a, a week. You know, and just passing it around or Holland, and so uh, eventually it was more or less in every single coffee shop uh, in Amsterdam, and uh, so I knew to you know to stick with the brand and to stick with the seeds and carry on making the seeds of it. 
to because uh, obviously you know these guys who are growing the bud and stuff are, are they're making the money from it sort of thing you know um and um yeah it just it, it just it just turned into an absolute uh uh, an explosion of people loving it. People loved the taste of it. You know, we got to a, a point that, like, you know, here on the streets of the UK, it was what everybody just wanted to smoke. Because, uh, you know, mostly in Europe as well, people are smoking with tobacco. And, and so, uh, you know, cheese was one of these very, very, uh, like, you know, tasty weeds where it covered a mass master the taste of uh, the tobacco in your in your your, your mixer joint right. and then uh and so i never yeah i never realized that that was one of the appeals uh you know it does have a very strong smell and a very strong flavor and uh, yeah 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 that's that's it, amazing and it had it's, like a, the taste was so sort of unique and it still is unique to this right. day mm-hmm. um the ceiling of the high you can continuously get high off it because you know some some marijuana you smoke and literally after about like 10 days two weeks of smoking it every day you get kind of immune to it you know it it doesn't taste of anything whereas cheese you could so that's why I called it like a a no ceiling it just didn't have a ceiling to it you know and uh yeah I think that's that uh, the the Afghan side of you know that really potent sort of in hash hashy indica yeah potency yeah. So. now from my side uh you know i remember that year pretty pretty well <laughs> some of it is a bit hazy but i do remember da- uh, david bienenstock and i sitting down with you and you telling me you know try this mate you know this is the cheese the cheese and uh and you know you were basically virtually unknown at the time i mean you were really kind of new on the scene you know you mentioned that cheese had won uh for for coffee shop third place the year yeah. before yeah but yeah. you were you were bringing that you know the real cheese into the seed company competition where and i was bringing it to people who had could get access to it right you know not everybody could go to amsterdam and, and can purchase it and consume it right so well, and, you know, then there's won, obviously a lot of growers you know. it won first place that year and i had the honor of actually uh announcing the win and and handing you that first cannabis cup which uh i'll never forget you know i tell the story multiple times but you know i just remember the 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 electricity that was like coursing through uh you know you you i gave you a big hug and and you know you were you were like shaking you know like yeah man. the the shock and the and the joy and everything was just palpable and uh you know to this day i i, I can still remember that uh it's also it's, it was so unique at the time so in a in a sea of things that are very similar yeah it was so it stood out you know so Something much because it, out, yeah. yeah it's unique and since then you've obviously uh made a lot of different crosses uh using the cheese including obviously blue cheese which is also uh very popular yeah that was really good that was um cross with uh at the time, I bought uh, like a whole selection of different blueberries, and there was like a, it was a DJ Short, the original, mm-hmm. um, which which uh, had the most sort of pronounced flavour to it, and uh, so I, I crossed that to the cheese, and that's where the the the, the blue cheese uh, arrived from. More of a more of a fruitier bouquet to it, but. Uh, the, the, the acridness of berries and old school it, it was just a, a lovely combination mm-hmm. amazing uh, yeah. and uh, you also have a lot of other strains um, you know people can obviously check out bigbuddhaseeds.com yeah. and see I mean the cherry moon pie and the Hindu cream and badass cheese yeah. and yeah. Some, just some real uh, amazing uh, strains a lot, a lot of e-crosses now that we make these days we use uh we do obviously feminize with them, but uh, we have a version of cheese, uh, which was a, a, a cheese that we met, we have from the seed selection, uh, which uh, is which is our basically our donor parent, uh, which which produces the 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 flowers to to, to uh, produce the feminized seeds from it. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that process. Uh, feminizing seed, you get a clone, and you love it. And you want to create feminized seeds? What do you? Where do you start? What do you do? Um, the the at the 
beginning there was a few different sort of methods of uh, of chemical usage. There was one was which was uh, gibberic acid, and then uh, the other one which is the STS version, which is what we use. This is uh, sodium thiosulfide and uh, silver nitrate. Um, it's used for cleaning vinyl and things like that, so it's pretty common chemicals. But um, it's a combination of that mixed with uh, water down to a certain pH. Um, and what it does is you introduce it to your female plants um, intermittently, so maybe like three, four times a week, uh, just to treat it. And then after a few weeks, it, it, it changes, it reverses sex. It kind of, it's almost like shocks itself. And then uh, the, the way that a cannabis plant acts is to, uh, is to defend himself, is to automatically reproduce. And this is when uh, the, it, it, it brings out the male characters because it's looking for, you know, someone to, to, to continue life with. And um, this is how the, the feminized process works. However, um, it takes a lot of time and data and uh, environmental control and a lot of factors to uh, determine what what you can use as a, a, a constant uh, donor um, you know because obviously each single plant is different each different plant reacts differently at times and things and so it's a, a, a lot to do with research and development but um, you know if, if you're looking to make a, a feminized version of it you know you have to have trusted sort of parents and you you know experience of your plant and then uh, you, you just got to see how they react you know if you've got a library of of uh, of plants maybe it's nice just to put like one room aside or one square meter where you could put like 10 15 plants in there of each different variety and you 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 spray and then you you, you log you, you see which one reacts which one develops flowers quickly and then also as well when the flowers because a lot of things will just develop and uh, the male the male sign comes out the flowers come out but it doesn't actually open some of them doesn't it and so the the, the pollen isn't actually viable and so like you know some plants only uh, you know, almost like a transvestite sort of, uh, like you know, donors uh, when they're just firing blanks, basically, and um, you know, it's so it's all uh, research and data, really, and and what you can sort of clay over the years, and then so you know what kind of works, um, like say for example, our our growers, so we have our cheese, which is our own. But something recently that we've really, which really works really well, is a uh, a plant called Purple Peyote by a, a company from Sweet Seeds. And uh, the reason why it does so well on the reversals because it constantly produces flowers, and uh, the flowers are consistent, and the seeds, it, it, they're like a regular Ken, which is what I like because. The, 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 the lights are on for the parents, the, 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 you know, the star that shows the, the mother, you know, who you're trying to replicate. And so like the, uh, the purple peyote, it adds color, it adds a THC, uh, like good profile on it. And then um, it, 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 it passes on most of its genes from its mother in its offspring. So, you know, you know it's all different ones. You know, if you cross it with like an OG, Kush feminized or something like that uh, a, a, a lot of it like the genes will come out cushy like cushy like profile so it's all in it's all in the research I suppose yeah so it's more work than just uh, you know selfing a plant or yeah, forcing need, a female to to become a hermaphrodite and yeah you, you need time and uh, space and then you need to also know what you're doing. And then you also need to just uh, to sort of like research your data. However, you know, you, you can do it like, you know, simply at home with one plant. You know, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it in rooms of like, you know, 20, 30 lights. 
so you know we're getting roughly like you know 200 300,000 seeds per per room sort of thing so we, we uh, out, out in uh, this in Spain where my guys are they that's uh, that's the kind of infrastructure they've got yeah interesting and you also have some auto flower seeds as well um, including Buddha haze yeah. uh, chisel sour chisel yeah, there's a whole collection of them. Yeah. 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 Tell me a little bit about that process as well. That's 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 a real difficult trait because, as you said, you can't really, you don't have much time to sort of keep them in their veg state because as soon as you put lights under them, they start flowering. So it's 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 a it's a faster version of uh, of uh, of sort of doing it. As in to say, you have to do the selection. As quick as you can, but like it's pretty hard to uh, to copy an auto flower, you know, because it's constantly budding, and so uh, to to reproduce them, you, you you start from like sort of fresh seed stock, and so that's why you got like different generations of of water flower now, you know. We're talking, I think it's like we're on like generation eight or nine now, you know. It's been like eight nine years since we've been doing it, but. Uh, it's a it's an annual thing, you know. That's mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but they're, it's not, they're it's made... not a situation where you can keep mother plants for years and years. No, following. yeah, and then like uh, you know, at, at the beginning it was a bit finicky. You was getting plants which were um, you know just tiny, like two and a half grams or something, just a tiny little like lollipop stick. Mm -hmm. And then um, later on, we 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 had these like you know great monsters which finished after about 60 65 days like eight weeks um and it was like you know a meter meter 20 and it was like you know 200 grams plus of, of, of bud you know so you know it, it really works well so that's great that's great and now tell me uh, lately it seems like uh you know you've been going after some of the the, the sweeter fruitier uh and citrusy kind of things you've yeah, got the, 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 the lemon cake and the stranana sunday yeah the, the the fruity flavors uh i've been getting into um i'm i'll tell you the truth i'm really loving the skittles at the moment and uh, i'm loving all the the offspring of skittles as well the, the sherbet skittles got this um the the kush the skittles and uh, we, we've got a, like a, a cheese version. We've got the Zitos. Uh, that's been uh, that's in uh, flower form in, in California from my friends at Karma uh, Karma Cartel. Uh, he he's uh, pushing the Zitos flower over over in California. Um, but it's uh, it, I, I love these flavors. I, I you know um, I I love the fruity flavors. I I love. Uh, what's new you know it's just like myself when i first came to the shows you know uh uh yeah we we was always interested in like tasting the new ones i remember like luke from paradise seeds when he had the first uh sensi star can you remember that oh yeah y you know <laughs> absolutely and it was, was one of these ones which you tasted and you just think oh my god and so like you know i'm I'm, you know, I, 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 I'm not really. I, I love it when somebody else comes to me, and and shows me something which, wow, you know, something that you just want to smoke all day, every day, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was a game changer. I grew that one for years. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, the, the star, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of growing, uh, what would you say your preferred method is for for cultivation? For me, I, I, I was raised up by rasters, so we did it naturally, like with, you know, soil and earth. Um, obviously, you know, I, I like technology, so, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we obviously just put like drippers and, and feed it like automated and uh, making sure the environment's correct, uh, a good exhaust fan, you know, good carbon filter. Uh, to, to, to hide the smells because most of the grows that uh, for personal use are, are done in like urban areas um, in, in Europe and, and in England and in Spain and then uh, but um, 
Yeah, I, I like to do organic. I've started just to get into the the LED lights now, and uh, I, I'm just uh, I just spoke to the guys at uh, a company called Sunled, and uh, they're going to supply one of my rooms with uh, with, with LEDs uh, that, that that they've got from Austria. So. Uh, yeah, now, yeah. Um, what about uh, you know you're back in the UK now from Spain, uh, and you mentioned that there's some some talented uh, breeding going, talented breeders doing some work in the UK. Um, so uh, what is what does the future hold, uh, and who are some of the you know talented uh, breeders coming out now? It's it's eventually the scene's moved on now. Um, you know we live in a social media world. And, uh, you know, the, the, these new up-and-coming, like, uh, breeders, they've got, like, um, you know, they've got, like, up to 10, 20,000 followers on, on, on their Instagram. And uh, they're pushing out, like, crosses. Uh, but people like Bezels, uh, people like my friends at Lady City with genetics, um, uh, the, these guys called uh, Burnmouth Farms, you know, there's also obviously the guys at the plug, uh, who are based in like UK and and in Spain. Um, but there's a there's a big scene here, and then also like the there's a few more sort of harvest festivals going on. There's also like a few more sort of private sort of cannabis clubs, where they're sort of trying to copy the the Barcelona, you know, the private membership, private members clubs, rule, which. Uh, in my opinion, it's almost like in our old days, when we was younger, younger, we used to have like blues parties, which was like an illegal lock-in parties, and uh, that's what like you know people are just doing that, and uh, you know the culture is is slowly being more accepted here. Uh, obviously, the use of CBD is is still legal here as well, so uh, you know on, on, on that becomes obviously the recreational side of it. But, um, you know, uh, I, I do a lot of work for uh, the guys, at, uh, Mr. Teddy and Salvia in uh, Barcelona. And they, uh, they, the sort of role model that they've got there, uh, you know, of people consuming, it's almost like Amsterdam, reborn, revisited. So, you know, during Spanabis, I, I love it out there during Spanabis, you know. But um, the UK is good. The UK is up and coming and then, my my aim is to, to sort of help all these upcoming like UK companies with a bit of infrastructure, with a little bit of advice, and then uh, you know they can take care of Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. But uh, I've had a great time. I've had a great time through life, and you know living in the beef and and, and partying out there, and uh, just enjoying uh, the the life, and then. Um, you know, I enjoy obviously visiting and doing all the shows and uh, seeing all the people from my industry. And, uh, you know, we, we, we want the best for everybody, you know, whatever, uh, you know, if your weed stands out, it stands out, you know. Uh, so I would imagine you guys probably have access to some pretty amazing Moroccan hash uh, when you're on the island of Ibiza. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's 90 me uh, miles over the border from uh, Morocco into the, the, the south of uh, Spain, where we are. Um, however, last sort of five years, I've been uh, doing, uh, meeting a lot of guys who have the, the hash farms out in Morocco. Uh, the cheese was like, had its, uh, its uh, glory form in, in hash, but uh, they're, they're literally, the farms are producing roughly you know, like tons and tons of like different grades of hashish, and then uh, what they're doing is now they uh, they double or triple filter, uh, it, which is basically putting it through the screens, and then they're literally trying to get out just the, the ninety of uh, of the stuff, and uh, it, it kind of reacts differently. It's a mixture of like the press, but they because they press them in like hundred gram slabs. 100, 200 gram pieces, or they, uh, they, or they prepare it for uh, eggs, which is they, 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 they beat it, 
and then they until it goes soft and then uh, they, 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 they make eggs, 10 gram eggs, which people swallow to bring back. Um, <laughs> That's, they call that the culero. The culero, yeah, the, the hash ash. But uh, the, <clears throat> the genetics of Europe has slowly gotten over there now. And so, uh, and then now there's a lot of like California strains. You know, this year I've seen like, uh, heard about uh, groups of people making like the Skittles, the gelato. A lot of cookies, right, right. a lot of Skywalker OG, um, uh, a, a lot of seeds over there, which is of a, a, a Californian origin. However, you've still got that sort of spicy, wild taste of the, the you know, the, of a third world country, you know, somewhere where they can produce so much tons of grass and literally just to filter it all. Right, exactly. It's very interesting that that uh, process still survives. Yeah. They're adapting to the modern market as well by switching up the strains and, and you know, try, trying to make a more pure product. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Our, our friend our friend Craig Coffey likes to say that uh, he, he prefers his hash with sharp corners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it has a, almost like an incense-like feel when, when you're burning a joint of it. And um, the spiciness that you get of it, of it, it's different to sort of right, something if you was just making right. like water hash or, or you're making your own dry sift at home because it hasn't got that sort of taste to it sort of thing. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a mixture of the genetics and also as well maybe it's been mixed with other genetics of, of like localised Moroccan and it, it has that all-round flavour. But... Um, yeah, I love the effect that it gives me, and uh, you know, there's nothing better than just like partying, and then like you know, smoking hash and and marijuana. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, what does the future hold for for Big Buddha Seeds? Uh, and know how they can uh, find out more information, uh, websites, Instagrams, and such. Sure. Uh, the future is good, uh, as we said. Uh, we're going to be working with a lot more sort of new companies and new talent out there uh, in Europe and, and UK. And um, we're going to continue obviously pushing uh, ourselves and all our friends. Uh, varieties, they're always good because uh, we're always in, in with the fashion. So, you know, we've always got like new varieties always coming out all the time. So there's a... Uh, like the, as I said, the new ones like uh, uh, a Skittles cross, uh, and then also we've got like a Kush mints, uh, which uh, we had like the Thin mints uh, a few years back, uh, which is a version of that. And so we're always like just always striving because we know that to sort of to continue in this in this uh, business, you know, you just always have to keep up with the times. However, the cheese, it's. Uh, it's a classic strain, you know, it's like 501 jeans, you know, it goes in and out of fashion every now and again, you know, so uh, we, uh, you know, we, we, we truly believe that like one of our strains is classic and we still, uh, we still ride from it and it's still my, 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 my ultimate plant sort of thing. Um, if you want to obviously read about more, go onto our website, www.bigbuddhaseeds.com. Uh, however, also we've got the Instagram running, which is Big Buddha Seeds, and then also Big Buddha Talks. Um, yeah, just uh, it's just an absolute pleasure to, to, to be here, and uh, good to see you, Danny. Thanks for coming on the show. It's really just a, it's a pleasure to know you, and uh, Big Buddha Seeds, check them out. Uh, we will be back with more Grow Bud Yourself. All right, what a nice, uh, nice chat to have with the good old Milo, Big Buddha. Yeah, man, it's great that to accent. hear from Buddha. <laughs> that accent kills me every time, too. Yeah. Oh, we had some some good good times with him in Amsterdam, man. He's a he's a great guy, great guest for the show. Yeah, absolutely. Amsterdam and uh, Barcelona as well at Spanibus. Mm. He, he the Big Buddha booth 
is a hotbed of activity at any event uh and it's quite impressive as well like that whole big booth that they put together i don't know if i'll uh keep this in the show so this might actually get edited out but uh, i do remember when we got raided in amsterdam (laughs) do you remember this it was at the uh was it borkland was that what it was called uh i believe it was borkland borkland and I, I believe it was after that raid that Buddha realized that he had left a uh, a case with hundreds and hundreds of seeds. Thousands like a, of seeds. Thousands of seeds, you know, of his genetics were left. And, and somehow the, the maybe 50 Dutch police officers that raided that place did not uh, discover this case. That's right. And we so, managed... Uh, I'm sorry. Somebody managed to smuggle... Right. So, yeah, and return it to him as well. So, and he was eternally, eternally grateful. Yeah, <laughs> to see that thing, uh, that was like you know years and years of work uh, to create all those seeds and and all separated into different packages, and you know it just would be a devastating loss to him. And uh, yeah, it's <laughs> an interesting think, story. Yeah, you'd have to think that like if you left that case behind as you see all of these these officers coming in where they were raiding us uh, on bicycle by the way but um they they're coming in and they're pushing everyone out and you leave that case you, you have to assume that that's the last you'll ever see of it so it's yeah. a good thing it was returned to him yeah and many many thousands of euros of value uh within there and and lots of work too lots of mm-hmm. effort and and time and and energy went into that so Thank goodness that uh, he was able to to get that back. I also remember uh, Mila getting purposely getting herself arrested mm. uh, because I guess just to make a protest statement. Uh, she point, declared she's a that she had she declared to the police that she had more than seven hundred grams of uh, cannabis that she was doing demonstrations of how to make hash um, with just basically trim and leaf. <laughs> and they arrested her for it. And then she came back that night triumphantly, you know, back into the Melkweg to, to, to cheers. <laughs> Which was amazing. Mila, the hash queen. Uh, and uh, it's like else? it's a rite of passage. In Just Amsterdam. the fact that the cops held us there for hours and basically allowed everyone to smoke everything. Yeah, there's a video of this on YouTube, actually, if you guys just go back and look at, you know, Cannabis Cup Raid. There's a video of me and, and everybody, Adam from THC, is just rolling the, up everything that they had because you couldn't leave with any, more than five grams and uh, everything had to get smoked and some of the cops caught a contact high. Um, yeah, we uh, should do an oral history of that raid at some point with the, with yeah, the various perspectives. Yeah, because we had that, that code, the pineapple is delicious, was supposed to somehow make sure everyone was going to be okay. <laughs> Shout out the dance We could talk guy. about this to Soma as well when we talk to him, but yeah, yeah. what? A, what <laughs> yeah. That's a quite a sidebar. Um, um, but but yeah. yeah, so that was then, but this is now in the cultivation segment, and it has been a two-week period, which of course means it's time for Strain of the Fortnite. Right. Two weeks is a fortnight. That's right. <laughs> well, what do, so you, what do you have for us? I have uh, Mendo Breath. This is a strain a lot of people have been talking about for the last couple of years or so. Um, it's from Gage Green Group, um, uh, which you can see at gageoriginals.com or gagegreen.org. Uh, this is a real Cali strain. I mean, it's OGKB crossed with Mendo Montage. Uh, just just released, you know, a few years ago, uh, but really just incredible. There's an, the, the, the taste is like... Vanilla, caramel, milk chocolate mixed with fresh berries, uh, which is just a really like amazing combo there. The, the fruitiness of the berries and that vanilla caramel chocolate kind of uh, on top. Um, the buzz is really meditative, very trance-like, uh, perfect for aiding creativity and also calming anxiety and insomnia. So I would literally, you know, pick this as a perfect strain for this pandemic and lockdown because it really it's like you know very relaxing uh like like i said calming anxiety uh aiding in creativity if you're just sitting around bored like some of us can get uh with all this time on our hands um for the grower uh you know they they say the flowering time is eight to nine weeks but uh some phenotypes can take as long as 10 weeks to finish uh, all of them are worth the wait. Uh, a lot of them will turn purple as they ripen. 
Uh, Mendo Breath is really known for that. Um, anyways, you get like these perfect spear-shaped dark nuggets um, glistening with, with trichomes, super frosty, uh, and that deep healing feeling that you get. Uh, so Mendo Breath uh, from Gage Green Group uh, is the strain of the Fortnite. All right, excellent. That sounds very good. It's always good to get a strain of the Fortnite. So, um, normally at this point in the show, you would give us sort of a, a grow topic that you would discuss, and then we'd do some, um, some Q&A from our listeners, but we thought this week we'd do a little something different because uh, we got a question from one of our listeners, and, um, and we decided maybe we would do uh, the whole segment on this topic. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds okay, like a- so you know what? I'll just read the question, and then that'll kind of set it up, and, and you could take it from there. So uh, this comes from listener uh, B, who writes, uh, Hey, Danny and Mike. I'm so glad you guys are back. I've listened to all the free weed podcasts and happy to see that you're back at it. Uh, I am not a grower, but I plan on doing it once it goes legal in my state. Uh, would it be possible for you to create a shopping list that we can regularly reference? A good entry-level budget grow setup. I picture my first grow being about four plants or so in a grow tent with about a $500 initial investment. So, uh, a list of tent, light, fan, carbon filter, and so on, uh, with areas uh, that you could point out where upgrades are possible. Uh, And also, uh, maybe things that get overlooked by the first-time grower, like grow room glasses. So, uh, what do you think, Dan? Do you want to put together the ultimate beginner grow shopping list for B? Yeah, let's do that. That's perfect. Um, So, first off, I think $500 is a slightly low estimate of what it's going to take. I would more put it in the range of $500 to $1,000 or so, uh, but I can definitely get you growing for under $1,000. And again, you know, that's the price of just a couple of ounces, uh, you know, or maybe let's say three ounces, but you can grow a lot more than that uh, even in your first, you know, three months. So, you got to start with the tent. Um, you want a light, tight tent, uh, something that's easy for one person to set up and take down. Um, there's lots of different options out there, and there's kits out there that where you can buy the kit. But a lot of the kits come with these complicated, uh, you know, hydroponic systems, a bunch of plastic and pumps and things that you don't really need. So I recommend getting a tent separately from the kit. Uh, and putting it together yourself because you really don't need all that fancy plastic. Um, so, you know, you get the tent, you make sure that it comes with sturdy metal supports for lighting, uh, holes for the intake and outtake fans, flood protection. Uh, make sure it's light tight, you know, get inside with the lights off and make sure there's no light leaking in. Uh, then you're going to need your containers. I just recommend cheap five gallon buckets, readily available, um, you know, Home Depot buckets, although I would say Lowe's is better than Home Depot, just (laughs) on a personal level. Um, But, you know, all hardware stores have five-gallon buckets. Drill some holes in the bottom. You know, you want drainage for sure. Uh, And you want trays, little plastic trays for underneath just so that contains the overflow. Uh, You know, you might as well get a decent watering can and a spray bottle while you're at that store. You can start with, you know, one gallon pots and transplant up to the five gallons. That's highly recommended, but don't do that transplant during the flowering stage. Uh, Make sure you get that done in veg. Uh, Then you're going to need a soilless mix uh, to fill those buckets up with. Um, I like ProMix as a base. They have a a few different varieties of ProMix you can get. You can always add additional, you know, different beneficial stuff, perlite, you know, extra perlite. Uh, bat and seabird guano, green sand, microbes, bacteria. Uh, but really, ProMix is a great base and typically comes with a lot of stuff added as well. So the first you know, two, three weeks of waterings, you're just using plain water. Uh, then you're going to need lighting. Uh, I would, at this point, start considering efficient LED lighting system. Uh, tents can generate a lot of heat. Uh, if you're going to go with uh, high-intensity discharge, I would say... You want uh, ceramic metal halide lighting, you know, depending on the size of the tent. If we're calling it a 4x4 tent, you could get away with, you know, uh, four to 600 watts on that. And, uh, you know, 
it's just important to know that you're going to create a lot of heat. So if you have air conditioning in the room outside of your tent, um, you can go with HID and, and you'll get great yields. Uh, if not, go with LED and you won't have to sweat the heat and you'll still get a decent yield. Um, you're going to need nutrients. Uh, I love Sweet Leaf Nutrients. They're a great sponsor for us. Uh, they also sell tents and kits all on their website as well. Uh, S-U-I-T-E, sweet, uh, like a hotel sweet leaf, uh, dot com. Uh, but whatever feeding system you choose, just remember to feed lightly and bump pump up the nutrients as the plants grow larger. I know I harp on that all the time, but it's very important. Uh, you're going to need fans and filters. Okay, so uh, fans are rated at different cubic feet per minute uh, based on how much how many feet you need to move out, uh, how many cubic feet per minute of air you need to push out. Uh, remember, you're pushing it through uh, um, charcoal filtration, so it's going to slow that down and reduce the CFMs. Um, any bends that you have in your tubing will reduce that as well. So, uh, you know, I like, uh, th there's a lot of different good fans and filters out there. Um, the monkey fan from secret Jardin is a great one. Um, you know, you need something for intake, something for outtake, much stronger for outtake, you know, sucking air out through that charcoal filtration. And then you're also going to want, uh, at least one oscillating fan inside the tent you know these are just like the clip-on little fans that that spin around uh, to move air around um, monitors are important too there's a few of these you you should go with um, a digital thermometer and hygrometer uh, that measures the temperature and humidity and you know digitally so that it knows you know the highs and lows when you're not inside and things like that um, you know, a way to measure the pH of your nutrient solution. This could be as simple as like the kits that you buy for an aquarium, uh, the strips or whatever, but you need to know that your pH isn't, isn't out of whack. Um, and you're going to need a timer to plug that light into, um, and get a decent one because, uh, timer failures are just devastating. Um, if you need CO2 supplementation, I recommend, you know, the cheap, uh, you know, production co2 production bags and like mushroom type kits where you know they last for 60 days uh and then you can compost them and, and get a new one rather than getting you know an expensive generator or uh or tank you know kind of situation because those can be very pricey especially for a small tent um you're going to need harvesting materials <laughs> this is uh, also good uh clean table comfortable chairs uh you know, trimming scissors and snips, rubbing alcohol, things like that. You don't want to uh, be harvesting and then also running around trying to pick up all these things. Um, so those are like very important. And then I would say there's a few other useful items you should have. Uh, a step stool for you to sit on when you're working in the tent is great. Some type of thing to sit on because bending over, you know, is not always the best way to get, you know, get get a look at, you know, the plants and what's going on. Uh, notebook, pad, uh, pen, keep track of everything, a calendar so that you can kind of dial in the timing of your grows. Uh, and that's really, you know, all the things you 100% need. And then there's a lot of other things you can do uh, to add to that. And as far as, you know, upgrades, I think once you, you feel like you can deal with the heat, you can always go with a, a higher wattage uh, HID uh, system, uh, either a high-pressure high sodium bulb or a ceramic metal halide, uh, that will definitely boost things up as long as you can deal with the heat. And, uh, you know, fans and filters, monitors, all that stuff, you know, these aren't any places you really want to skimp, uh, but there are a lot of great models out there and available even on Amazon. So um, that is the, you know, equipment list or the, you know, checklist, I would say, uh, once you have all that you know, there's other things you might uh, want to add to it, but um, these are the essentials. Now, obviously, no um, kit is going to have all of the items that you were referring to, but if, if somebody did want to just start with a kit, what would you recommend? Yeah, I would say, you know, go to sweetleaf.com uh, and check out the different sized kits that they have. Uh, and then, you know, when you order them, you know, just make sure you get the things you want in the kit and, and, you know, you can pull out the things you don't. A lot of these things are customizable as well. Um, 
so like I said, the, the expensive, you know, hydro flood f- ebb and flow table or whatever, it's just really hunks of plastic. Uh, if you want to just hand water four plants in five gallon buckets, it's so much simpler than setting up those crazy hydro systems and, and so much more forgiving. So, um, yeah, I would say, you know, just get online, do some research about all different size tents, uh, make sure that the lighting and the fan are appropriate to the size of the tent and you're good to go all right excellent so that is the the ultimate beginner grower shopping list uh that's pretty much everything you need to start growing right now for under a thousand dollars and also some helpful hints for upgrades that you can get if you're feeling uh frisky i guess so thank you for putting that together uh dan we hope that helps you out b and uh we will of course return to our normal format next week So if you have uh, questions that you'd like Dan to answer on the show, please do get in touch with us. Uh, You could reach us by email, and that is info at growbudyourself.com. Also on socials, uh, he is at Danny Danko. I am at Mike Check G, and the show is at growbudyourself. So what do you say we take a little break, come back, and wrap this one up? Sounds like a plan. All right, I think it is now time to wrap up the show. Episode 15, man. That's that's very impressive. 15 up, 15, 15 down. 15 shows, and we're doing them weekly, you guys. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. It's very I gotta impressive. Say, we got to pat ourselves best. on the back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to say thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the tune. Uh, thank you to Excelsior Extracts. Check out the THC-infused pain rub from Excelsior Extracts. It really, truly works. It's made by patients for patients. Uh, thank you, of course, to Milo from Big Buddha Seeds. Uh, what an amazing storyteller. What an amazing story. Uh, what an amazing breeder. What an uh, accent. Ver- what an accent. Love yes, it. Birmingham. Birmingham. <laughs> uh, thank you to you, Mike, my co-host, my producer. My friend. I'm the best. My co-editor. You know who else Northeast is cool Leaf. is uh, Vapor.com. Vapor.com. That's right. Uh, any of your vaporizer needs, they have tons of products. Basically, every vaporizer you've ever heard of, they've got glass products on there. They've got accessories. They've got CBD products. So go to Vapor.com. Use the code GBY. GBY. Grow like grow yourself. yourself. GBY. Uh, grow bud yourself gby and you get 15 percent off everything on the store uh people have actually done this it's pretty awesome so if you want a puffco peak or whatever get on there check it out uh buy it save yourself 15 percent with that code gby and enjoy your concentrates or your flowers in peace and well <laughs> yeah yep so uh yeah, check out our Patreon page. Also, patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Uh, that's a wonderful place to uh, keep up with the Grow Bud Yourself community uh, and you know support us as content creators if you so choose. So join us over there. We really, truly appreciate it. Uh, you know, other than that, you know, keep listening, keep supporting us. I love to see... You know, in our demographics, all the listeners from overseas, all all uh, all around the world, uh, really truly appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoy the show. I hope you're learning uh, something about cannabis growing, cannabis uh, usage, cannabis legalization. So yeah, I think that's it. Episode fifteen. Should we put it in the books? Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's put it in the books. We will uh, of course be back next week with more grow bud yourself. That's right, every week. Eat shit, Mitch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we just lost half our audience, but uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. We lost better. them a long time ago. <laughs>